You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hola, Ben. Hello, Fernando. I'm also hanging out with Travis Irvine. How you doing, Travis? Hola, Ben. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that response. Travis Irvine, we have a lot to get to today. We're going to talk about the verdict in the George Floyd murder trial. Derek Chauvin was found guilty. I'm sure that every single person knows that out there that's listening to this right now. We're going to talk about what does it mean going forward? Will we see systemic change within American policing? Will Derek Chauvin be seen as a martyr by many, similar to Kyle Rittenhouse? Uh, What does this mean for our culture going forward? We're going to discuss it especially when it comes to Kyle Rittenhouse. Recently, a list of his supporters or donors uh, was revealed. Of course, for those that don't recall, Kyle Rittenhouse was the man from Wisconsin, the boy who didn't listen to Johnny Cash, and he brought his guns to town, ending in the death of two people. He had an AR-15 with him. The cops were so hesitant to arrest him, even though they were being approached by someone they didn't know who had a gun, the juxtaposition of that scene combined with the scenes that we're seeing all across America on the streets uh, all over this country really sent a chill down a lot of people's spines. 100%. And now we're seeing Kyle Rittenhouse uh, exposed or we're seeing some of the supporters for Kyle Rittenhouse exposed. Who are these people? It's important to know as we discuss the systemic problems within policing, uh, private donors would be a great indication of who believes uh, that the current police state is correct and, of course, would also shed light on those people who would like to see something different in our current policing reality. So we're going to talk all about that. Great news when it comes to Chauvin. Found guilty on all three charges. We'll play the judge reading uh, the verdict. It's important to see. Derek Chauvin in handcuffs. It's important to see uh, Mm -hmm. cops being held accountable. Mm -hmm. Yes, it took nine and a half minutes of a man being murdered on camera in order to get this verdict. Interestingly enough, for those that haven't seen this yet, the original Minneapolis Police uh, Department report about the incident 
was completely asinine. I believe the headline was basically man dies uh, due to heart problems while in police custody, uh, talking about drug use and things like that. If you read the one pager that the Minneapolis Police Department released after George Floyd's death, you definitely realize without the camera footage, we don't have Derek Chauvin in cuffs. We don't have a national conversation going on. And we don't have any forward momentum when it comes to cleaning up the corrupt nature of our police forces across this whole country. So we're going to talk about that. We'll also talk about what's going on here in the beautiful state of California, Caitlyn Jenner. (laughs) She might be the next governor of this fine state. What do you all think? We'll talk about it more in detail in just a second. But before we get to that, speaking of people running for office, Chris Christie 2024, it's possible the bloviating balloon man from New Jersey wants to run for the presidency of the United for the presidency of these United States. The man who was such a horrible governor of New Jersey that he shut down an entire lane, an entire highway leading to one person's death. That is called Bridgegate. His associates went to jail for it. He, I'm going to say ironically, floated on it. (laughs) No trouble was seen from Chris Christie. He got in no trouble whatsoever for shutting down an entire side of a public highway because the mayor of the town that was next to the highway didn't support him when he was running for the governorship of New Jersey. Petty politics, and we all pay the price. So Chris Christie considering a run in 2024. Travis, I know you have some experience with Christie. What are the odds uh, that this guy uh, moves any needle other than the diabetic needle that he needs to take every night for his insulin? Right, or the one on his his scale that he steps on and breaks every night. He needs a new scale every day. That's all a right, true enough political with the, fact. Enough with the fat jokes, thin man. I'm allowed to make them. I'm 300 pounds. All right, fair enough. Uh, Chris Christie, the last time, of course, that he was running for president, it did not go well. I believe he got a distant place in the New Hampshire primary in 2016. Oh, just like in gym class when I had to run the mile. Now, you're allowed (laughs) to make that joke. I was about to make the same joke. (laughs) Nonetheless, I was there. So I witnessed um, Chris Christie's departure from national politics on uh, primary night in New Hampshire. I'll never forget. I was just uh, staying in the same hotel as a journalist, and I'm walking around, I see this Chris Christie yard signs, right? And I'm like, oh, can I have one of those? I collect these. And then uh, one of the fellows there on Christie's campaign says, oh, do you like the governor? And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. And he's like, would you like to stand on stage behind him when he makes a speech? And I was like, let's do it. Wow, so, you stood behind Chris Christie while he made a speech on stage? Absolutely. That is the closest thing to being a character from A Nightmare Before Christmas. That is the closest thing to following the town mayor who has the two face. Like that is incredible. What did he smell like? You were downwind. Yeah, I was right there. He smelled like sausage and cheese. Don't make him seem cool. And you can only see me if you watch the very wide angle camera footage of the event. But I am in the background on C-SPAN holding a drink and cheering on Chris Christie. I am the only one allowed to make fat jokes about Chris Christie. So you can only see Travis if you use the wide wide length. Oh, that's a good joke, man. Thank you so much. So much. No, of course, you can make fun of Chris Christie all you want about every single aspect of his life, because let's not forget when that young girl was dying a painful death and all she needed to help her. Um, she had uh, she was having strokes and she was having uh, when you what do you what do you call that when you when you have a seizure? She was having seizures. 
because of a medical condition, medical marijuana would have helped her immensely. But Chris Christie said it wasn't healthy. That's right. And, and we only take advice from people who are, uh, you know. In between it, sips of his Diet Dr. Pepper. Diet yeah. Dr. Pepper, because then you're losing weight. Any hoot, go on. So you're standing behind Chris Christie. What did you think? Did people, what, what is the, sometimes, and Fernando, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Sometimes you see politicians, and, and I'm just like, I don't understand the charm. I don't understand why anyone likes this person. I just don't get it. Ted Cruz, for example. I'm like, what is it? Even though sometimes I can get, if you look at Ted Cruz from a certain angle, you're just like, you know what? He is just the kind of goblin that we need. <laughs> uh, right there. You just said it. Confidence. And I think it's about uh -huh. this projection of confidence. Even, you know, Chris Christie, he knows he's big. He knows he's fat. Right. He he carries it. <laughs> oh, it's his, about his... confidence. Well, and he was trying to use it as an emotional way in. In 2012, for those that don't remember, Chris Christie, uh, New Jersey is not a red state. New Jersey's a good purple milieu. So when he got elected as a Republican, uh, of course, the Democrat that was there before him kind of bankrupted the state. and No one was particularly happy with him. Chris, Chris Christie came in. He wanted to be a air quotes uniter. Right. Of course, let's not forget what happened with he and Barack Obama after Hurricane Sandy, where they had the audacity to talk to each other right, and shake hands and, and shake yeah. hands and walk on the beach. And, you know, at some point there was only one set of footprints <laughs> and it was just a very, very sweaty, exhausted Obama after carrying Chris Christie because he could no longer make it on the beach. But that was his brand to begin with, yeah. was I'm going to be the guy, I'm the every guy. I love Bruce Springsteen. Well, as policies rolled out and as his personality came clear to the American people, we quickly realized he is nothing but a corporate shell. He's nothing but, a again, a bloviating hothead who takes petty political problems that he has. He takes... Uh, political pettiness to the next level. Yeah. He is corrupt in every way. Truly. And once we found that out, it's no longer like, oh, wow, this guy might be a uniter. And the one thing that gave him any kind of empathy was his weight because people are like, well, he can't be that bad. Everyone loves a good chubby guy. Turns out he was uh, not filled with food. He was filled with hate. Right. Oh, in fact, I still have it on the yard sign that I got from the campaign uh, that's hanging up in my office on the ground. Um, and that is his slogan was telling it like it is. Telling it like it is. That was Chris Christie's thing. He was like, I'm going to get in there and I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. If you're wrong, I'm going to tell you wrong. And then what ended up happening was Trump became the one who yep. tells it like it is. And Chris Christie, the next time I saw him after New Hampshire was him waddling out of Trump Tower when I was covering that for Vice. And, uh, you know, that's what he did. He he really lost a lot of uh, credibility when he just kowtowed to Trump. Absolutely. And, and, do, and then he went and got COVID at the big super spreader event with Amy Coney Barrett. And Herman and, Cain. And Herman Cain killed got killed Herman in Cain. Tulsa. I mean, it's just, yeah, if it killed Herman Cain and not Chris Christie, I think COVID is a little racist. This COVID is crazy. Honestly, when when I found out that Chris Christie had COVID and I'm not being hashtag mean. Oh, oh you can be mean, I'm not ben. being mean. I'm not going to do it. But when he didn't get anything from COVID, I was like, COVID you got to step up. <laughs> like we are in like COVID. This is your stage, right? The world's your stage right now. Everyone, you had a chance. COVID, the world has stopped. 
So just please put on a show for us. <laughs> and, and it got Trump. And they, it got Christie. And it did nothing. nothing. It, it made nothing. Chris Christie probably drop 25 oh, pounds. Oh, he lost. He looks great right now. Have you I seen mean, him? He looks you, know what? you know what? It only kills poor people. That's <gasps> what it must be. Think about it. Honestly, sadly enough, it has yeah, disproportionately yeah. killed a lot of people who do, do not have access to health care in this country, which is absolutely devastating. Uh, you combine that with the corrupt politicians creating policies that sent people to their death. Look no further than Governor Cuomo in New York, who is also such a sociopath. He is going to run for reelection. The sex scandal is one thing. That's a whole nother. Uh, that's a whole nother story. The nursing home scandal in New York is one of the worst right. scandals I have heard in a long time. Literally sent people to die in nursing homes because he wanted to have some political leg up on Donald Trump. I don't give a shit about either of these people. The only thing that matters are the people and the fact that he uh, threw them away for political gain is disgusting. Chris Christie, a similar type of personality who would throw away his own child for 10,000 votes. Well, this is New York, New Jersey politics 101. Yes. I mean, look at the Truly. incestuous uh, relationship. Look at the the New York, New Jersey guys who stuck around with Trump after Trump got the nominations. It's Chris Christie. It's your uh, former hero, Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Oh, Giuliani. He was America's mayor until he, well, then he was uh, taken off his pants in a Borat movie. So it's just like... Um, you look at New York, New Jersey politics, it's full of criminals. And the crazy thing is how Trump was able to get all their support. And now I bet you, I'm going to guess Chris Christie is going to call an old Trump to help him get the nomination again in 2024. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I watched Donnie, Donnie Trump on Hannity. He is running again or he is staying out. Oh. That is what I think. Donald Trump is not someone who wants to be a kingmaker. He has no ability to be a kingmaker. He is either the king or he is a destroyer. Right. He's and a Beyonce. He's not a Kelly Clark, a Kelly Rowland. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look at Beyonce. Look at what happened with Destiny's Child. You can't cut the mustard to your out of here, Michelle. I believe it was Michelle who they kicked out of the group. <laughs> he is a Beyonce. And Beyonce is nice to Kelly. But let's be honest, if Kelly tried to get on stage with Beyonce, Beyonce would be Beyonce and Kelly would be Kelly. It's the exact same way when it comes to Chris Christie and Donald Trump. If Donald Donald Trump will not be a kingmaker, he is either running or he is out. That's what I think. I mean, he can help someone. He can help a Laura Trump in South Carolina. Right. Yeah, he can do that stuff and put all of those. And, and he's and said he, as and much. He, and he has primaries. said as much. Yeah. But when it comes to the presidency, I it's either he or... Or he is just going to be upset that someone's taking his spot. Wow. That That's is what I think. Classic Trump, honestly. So in the after that Hannity interview, which I uh, sat through, and it is what it is, but they got my rating view for that one because Hannity is one of the only people that Donald Trump will still talk to because he's very <laughs> sensitive and he's very hurt right now. Oh, not enough Diet Pepsis or Diet Cokes in the world. Well, he's still on Diet Coke, by the way. He didn't, Googles, he didn't boycott. His Google rating is at an all-time low. It's the lowest since it's been <gasps> since 2015, according Ooh. to CBS News. So Trump must be feeling something. I, I mean, he did the... Uh, that, that wedding speech that was so bizarre. He like pops out and does weddings and bar mitzvahs now, which I find very fascinating. He is living the exact same life, ironically, as a Trump impersonator. Oh, <laughs> he's, I wonder he's what they're taking, up to. He's taking jobs from Trump impersonators be like, I'll just show up at your wedding. <laughs> yeah, I can do it for 50 bucks. 
Yeah. I don't give a shit, man. I'm lonely. Right. Look out, Anthony Adaminic, uh, who had the greatest Trump impression. But as far as I know, he doesn't even want to do it anymore. So step up, Trump. Anthony Adaminic, of course. Check out everything that Anthony does. Also check out, as uh, as Travis mentioned, James Adomi. And we want to get him on this show to do his Joe Biden impression. It's real or real good. It's real good. And he's been doing Mike Lindell on Jimmy Kimmel, which is oh also very goodness. hilarious. What, so. what a tune Mike Lindell is. So Chris Christie has said it is a possibility he is going to run in 2024. As we know from Nikki Haley, who also, of course, Nikki Haley, the former governor of South Carolina, another person who was attempting to uh, be a Republican of Take this with a grain of salt. Take this with a grain of salt. She was trying to be a Republican of change. And I say this because she did remove the Confederate flag from the governor, from outside the governor mansion in South Carolina, outside of the statehouse in South Carolina. It was 2016. It means something. It means means something. something. So I will will be like, all right, okay. I think it was 2015, 2014 when she did that, rather. Now, of course, she has said that she may run for president. And when asked, will you run if Donald Trump ran? She immediately said, no, we were doing some great stuff when I was secretary of state. I would easily happily go back to that position. So it seems as if anyone in the Republican Party that says they're running for president right now, the massive caveat that we have to carve out is if Donnie does Runs. not right, and and the other um, Nikki Haley was UN ambassador. UN ambassador. Right. But, I'm sorry, but yes, it was a very it's a very high profile position. Huge. So certainly qualifying for uh, further runs for her. I know Mike Pence is still interested. I remember the early reports, the only people with exploratory committees were Tom Cotton, Don Jr., Donald Trump Jr., and then Tucker Carlson. So it's almost nice to have the Chris Christie's and the Nikki Haley's back in. <laughs> At <laughs> least some of those politicians, I suppose. So, yeah, so <laughs> valid. pretty low. Which is, which is why I worry about this Caitlyn, Caitlyn Jenner thing. You oh, know? And baby. We'll, we'll talk about Caitlyn <laughs> Jenner here. As a matter of fact, we might as well just talk about that now, and we'll get to Derek Chauvin a little bit later on here in the episode. And I'm sure everyone knows the basic ins and outs of that case, so we're just going to sort of extrapolate and uh, talk about what does this mean, as I said earlier? What does this mean going forward for criminal justice reform in this country? Because we need justice in our criminal system. When it comes to someone like Caitlyn Jenner, you're right. Donald Trump winning the presidency in 2016, he's the celebrity in chief. Does it help or hurt future celebrities that run for office? What do you guys think? Unfortunately, it helps them. Even though he was so uh, divisive and so not capable of taking any criticism and so reactionary. I Those things are, in fact, what reinforced the people that voted for him, I think. Oh, in, sure. You yeah. know, that we. what are we seeing now? We're, we're seeing the doubling down of the people. Oh, this election was stolen, even though it's been months away. You know, the insurrection happened back in January. Yeah. They're, all, they're still holding strong yeah i think what trump did for republican politics is going to stay i think what trump did for celebrities getting into politics um doesn't apply to other people the way it applied to trump because trump's trump but like matthew mcconaughey in texas you're right would he be a good governor i don't know but he's not trump that's true would he be able to say the things that trump said in order to rile up a base of support and again now that we have Definitely a skeptic's cap. I think the nation has a skeptical cap on when it comes to celebrities running without any legislative experience. 
Will it help or will it hurt? Matthew McConaughey, George W. Bush actually weighed in on that. And he said, it's a tough game. Uh, you got to be really tough. And by that, it means uh, you got to start unwarranted wars and kill a bunch of innocent people. Uh, that's called being tough in the Bush family. You mentioned the insurrection and the energy and uh, the amount of um, passion that that showed for the Republican, the Republican base showed for these types of politicians, obviously completely corrupt, completely disgusting. The fact that there was no law enforcement there is worrisome and also nefarious. Why were they allowed to attack the Capitol? I was talking with my friend Marcus Parks about this from last podcast on the left. And all that had to happen with that crowd was you got to take that energy and you got to harness it in a different direction. They could have easily instead of gone to the so you have your day. You well, you get you're getting all riled up. You got a bunch getting of people ready, getting my Everyone's, ice pack ready. Roger Stone is like, eh, Trump is like Abraham Lincoln. He freed he freed this slave. Everyone's going crazy. It was a crazy shout out to Status Quo for getting that clip of Roger Stone saying that. I can't believe it, but I sent it to Ben right away. Then you have Trump out there riling everybody up. Let's go to the Capitol. They go to the Capitol. There was no other option to take that emotionally energized mob. Other than the Capitol that was right there, if they would have had a Ted Nugent concert 10 feet to the left with a mat in a parking lot, they all would have just gone to watch Ted oh, Nugent. Yeah. Right. Like they would have done anything. The, the important thing that Donald Trump doesn't know how to do is control the gun or control the ray. He doesn't know how to control the energy. He can create it. But then when he sends them to the Capitol, there was nothing else for them to do other than go home like normal, rational people. But in the fervor that it was, there was no side quest. Right. Like, literally, if they would have just had a buffet, people would have been like, that was great, let's eat. Right. (laughs) Instead, because Donald Trump directed them down that road, the only plausible thing for them to do if they wanted to continue the party was to go into the Capitol. Donald Trump does not know how to... He is a it's a nuclear reaction completely out of control because Donald Trump is not a smart enough scientist to figure out how to contain it. Right. And 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 that's what John Boehner. I know John Boehner has been in the news recently because of his new book uh, on the House, which is uh, an alcoholics version of being speaker of the House. Mm -hmm. Um, But he he very much made that same point, not just about Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, but these firebrands. You know, you get out there, you make a bunch of noise, you raise a bunch of money. But then there's no solutions for actually fixing the problem. So Boehner's got a problem with that. And I think any Republican coming forward has got to start addressing that. And I also think that's a symptom of them not being career politicians. People that are career politicians are keenly aware that anything they say, anything they write can and will be used against them in the court of public opinion. Right. And so Trump, not being a career politician, he's he's a Twitter guy. He's a celebrity. They say well, crazy things. And also not just not being a career politician, because again, as we've been talking, and I don't want to talk about Trump too much more. Not a here, fan of career politicians either. But, but uh well, you know. you know, but Donald Trump, he has been in the in the political sphere since nineteen eighty eight. When Oprah asked him, are you going to run? And then every year since then, it has sort of been in the ether that Donald Trump might run for president at some point. I remember 2000, you almost ran with the Reform Party. Exactly. And that was only to to, uh, To derail Pat Buchanan, (laughs) who, ironically enough, Donald Trump called a racist and a fascist. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe Trump's exact quote about Pat Buchanan was, he seems to be a fan of Hitler. And now it's like, well, that, that table turned. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? So the control aspect is what's so important or the guiding aspect of a of a 
talented politician to guide your audience into a productive way, into a productive place. That is really the ultimate art. However, in the Trump case, Roger Stone never has to worry about in the end game. Roger Stone is the uh, he is the one who lights the fuse. Right, the, provo- you know, the provocateur. He's the provocateur. The accelerant. If you exactly. Will. But there was no one there to put out the bomb before it exploded because Trump obviously either willingly, unwillingly, what because he's not a skilled politician, whatever it might be, basically created the recipe that was the insurrection at the Capitol. Again, I firmly believe those people, it never would have happened if there was a Kid Rock concert. Yeah. If they literally were just Ted like, now go to the buses, we're going to go to watch you. <laughs> like, that's all they had to do. Right. And it would have just been that. Instead, we have uh, what we had on January 6th, which was absolutely horrible. As a matter of fact, and I want to say this story just in the context of, and I've been talking about this for a while, be careful who you follow. Talk about jokes that get out of control. The Proud Boys are a classic example of a joke that got out of control. Gavin McGinnis, he is... He was just someone who wants to show his asshole on camera. He was someone who wants to take a pit. He truly does. Like, that's all he wants to do. He wanted to be like edgy, crazy, funny guy, douchebag. That's why I hate Vice forever, because his soul is still infused in Vice. It is. Like the hipster racism, Mm -hmm. the ironic bullshit. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate irony. I really do. And I don't like, I just don't like it. I think it's lame. It's so corny. Gavin McGinnis is just... The Proud Boys are such a great example of be careful who you follow um, because it will lead to some serious consequences. The Proud Boys started off as a joke and it got very serious. I'll never forget listening to Gavin McGinnis rant and rave about uh, immigrants being like, they're taking over America. And I'm like, bro, you're Canadian. Get out of here. He's please. the immigrant taking over America. He is the frost immigrant. Backs. Go give up, Get out of here, you frostback. I'm done with you. <laughs> Anyway, a third Proud Boy member has now been arrested in connection to the Capitol riot. Uh, this is uh, so now we have Matthew Green. He's 33. Dominic Pizzola, 43. And William Pepe, uh, 31. They've all been arrested on conspiracy charges. And no one's going to be there to bail them out. No one's going to be there to help them out. They're quickly realizing that they are nothing but political waste they were side actors they are trash they were simply there as props and now what happens to all hollywood props they get put away behind closed doors to collect dust that's all that's going to happen to these guys and again just be careful who you follow and if you're in a situation right now and you look around and you're just like man this seems like everyone's gone batshit crazy just go to applebee's yeah. Just get out of there. There's so many other things to do than hang out with a bunch of dipshits. Right. And, Please. you know, in terms of people getting charged um, and, and, you know, California politics kind of connecting those two. Um, one of the, the guys who just got charged is an OC uh, guy, Orange County here, which is just south of Los Angeles. And it is a hotbed for conservatism. Lots of Trump supporters. Mm-hmm. Um, they even uh, did a report after this guy got arrested down there. They went and talked to all his neighbors. You know, he lives in a diverse community <laughs> in Orange County. And everyone's like, did you know he was at the Capitol and got arrested by the FBI? And they're like, well, you know, he was real nice to my dog. Um, oh, and Because that nice. that's how people talk in Orange County. Um, so it is just fascinating to see how many people showed up from all around. I mean, you get. They had to jump on a plane. There is 
so much stuff that goes into absolutely so the question now is what does this mean for politics going forward specifically for politicians let's talk a little bit about what's happening here of course in california it seems likely that governor gavin newsom will be recalled it seems as if they have the votes they're just crossing the t's and dotting the i's It seems as if that will be happening, whether you like his response to COVID or you don't like his response to COVID. Without a doubt, this recall is a uh, referendum on his response to COVID. There's a lot of people who are upset in the restaurant industry, so on and so forth. You can imagine when you shut down the fifth largest economy in the world, you're going to make some people very, very (laughs) upset. So let's just assume that he will be recalled. Fernando? Not even that. I mean, he had he shut down every other restaurant, but hypocritically right he, he went out you know, to dinner so yeah. it's it's i mean it's one thing yes. when you, what you did but the cherry on top is you literally made enemies with that of, yes. the, of the restaurant industry and of course nancy pelosi getting the haircut these things stand out these are what the people see mm-hmm. hypocrisy is what will always hang a politician people are actually quite willing to uh i don't know allow for corruption but as soon as they see hypocrisy they're like, that is where I draw the line. <laughs> I mean, speak of corruption, look no further than what happened here in California with the aquifers, where Nestle bought the largest water aquifer in California. The state gave it to them, basically, uh, probably tax free. And because of that, Nestle owns the largest water aquifer in California. And because of that, we had the uh, massive forest fires that could have been 50 percent less Bad, but uh, Nestle didn't have, uh, didn't give us access to the water here in California. As a matter of fact, my friend was uh, at a meeting with the CEO of Nestle, and uh, she was telling me that he he sees water as as something proprietary. He sees it as a commodity. He sees it as something that must be bought and sold. He sees it as something that needs to be publicly traded. And I see it as water. It's essential to life. It's so essential to life. So the fact that uh, that's just their worldview on it is fairly unnerving. So Governor Newsom has angered many, many people. The question is, will Caitlyn Jenner be the answer? She has a lot of people who worked with Donald Trump's campaign helping her out, uh, specifically one of Donald Trump's more unsung heroes. It's a guy named Brad Parscale. He was fairly important in the Trump campaign. He is now helping Caitlyn Jenner out with this potential run for to be the governor of California, which is, again, a massive, massive position, the fifth largest economy in the world. So what do you guys think about this? Do you think that Caitlyn Jenner has any chance? Surprisingly enough, she's 71. I didn't even realize she's only three three years younger than Trump. That's pretty incredible. I did not know that. I do know that this situation, for anyone who's old enough to remember it, um, is very similar to the old Enron scandal. Of course, check out the Enron scandal talk over on Fraudsters, uh, also on LPN. But Enron led to the the recall election of Gray Davis, uh, who's a... Governor of California back in 2001, 2002. 2003, I think. Yeah, and when yeah. he got removed, um, Arnold Schwar- that cleared the way for Arnold Schwarzenegger. So California, almost like Minnesota, does have this history of electing. I mean, Ronald Reagan was governor here right. for years. Mm. Um, Schwarzenegger. This is one of those weird situations where Gavin Newsom, like you said, Ben, may have just made enough enemies that people would go for someone like Caitlyn Jenner. If you are Caitlyn Jenner, however, 
it's tough to be too optimistic. The GOP only makes up 24% of registered voters in California, which I actually did not realize it was that low, given Orange County and uh, in Northern California. But only 24% of registered voters in California are Republican. Uh, some Republican organizer, organizers say that they are getting some Democrats and uh, independents on board, but that would require a pretty big effort considering only 24% are registered Republicans. So we will see what happens there when it comes to uh, Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, it just seemed to come out of nowhere. I really had no idea that she was even considering this until the news broke. My friend told me I thought she was just joking when she when I shared the clip of Caitlyn Jenner on The Masked Singer singing TikTok, which was the single worst thing I've ever seen. But I also <laughs> can't look away. Almost like a car accident that kills a person. I can't look away from it. Isn't that interesting? She's always so good at keeping your attention, whether it be while driving or while looking at the television. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. I, I just don't know. I just I was a little bit surprised that she's running. Yeah. I mean, reality but, you know. TV. Uh, I mean, this was um, another reality TV star turned politician. Um, this could tap into what you're saying earlier. But ben. is she a politician? Exactly. And that, that'll be the question. Like, I don't think like we said. should do this. Like nobody like politics are the only thing where it's like. Let's put them in office and see if they're a politician. No one in the NFL is like, well, we got we grabbed this random dude out of this high school class or this college class. We're going to put him on the field, see if they can play. <laughs> it's like, don't you need a resume? Like something that lets me as a voter know that you have anything policy related. You know, I, I, I think they this is this is an interesting thing to note. They've had a massive falling out, Caitlyn Jenner, Kanye West, and Kim Kardashian. But all three have become extremely involved in law and politics. Sure. I mean, Kanye had a meeting in the Oval Office. Yeah, exactly. with Kim. You know, and so does, does it help anything? No. I'm just saying something happened in the Kardashian-Jenner, you know, world where they realize they now have to make the transition from reality TV stars to full-fledged politicians. Right. I think it's become a goal as a whole unit, even though they're, again, they had a complete falling out and they don't communicate, yada, yada. It, it says something to me. And of course, we must mention the elephant in the room when it, when it comes to the transgender issues in this country. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in North Dakota. As a matter of fact, their governor just vetoed a bill that would force 
uh, biological males and biological females to participate in sports of their biological gender because they already have a rule on the books that sort of answers some of the questions we've been talking about when it comes to sports, when it comes to testosterone levels, when it comes to those things, which is quite interesting. But Caitlyn Jenner, obviously one of the most um, uh, famous, she's been the face of of the transgender movement to some degree. Yes, uh, not not total by any stretch of the imagination. Lifelong Republican, and now we're beginning to see uh, the political ideology that she holds doesn't really align with a large swath of people that identify as transgender or LGBT uh, Q. So I just wonder how that's going to play out um, in this election, because you do want to be careful. You're already starting to see this stuff where there will be some transphobia. And I think, ironically, it's going to come from the Joy Behars of the world, <laughs> uh, the people who say, well, she has a different political affiliation than I do. So all bets are off. Let's just say horrible, horrible things. Right, and think- we can finally get all that trans hate we have in our hearts. <laughs> we can finally get it out because they vote wrong. I believe Bill March chimed in as Bill well. Bill the same. It's the same thing where it's like if the if she had a different political ideology, they would be participating in hate speech, right? <laughs> and I we have to be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And all of a sudden, very similar to when Sarah Palin was running, where the c word was used constantly to describe her by people on the left because her policies weren't you know what they like so we can so all bets are off uh you know i mean you look at sarah palin i mean i would i would call democrats stupid too so i will call her dumb as well they're all dumb (laughs) there's just dumb people on all (laughs) sides of every single walk of life i think we all know that but you even look at sarah palin with the original katie kirk interview where it's like what books do you read now these questions yes i think she should be able to answer sure but the pro the question is would that question be asked if she had a balls and a penis no so the sarah palin set sort of a precedent for uh females running for public office with the republican ideology uh with the republican party and it seems like the left i mean when i say the left i'm talking like corny like mainstream monetized binary thinking left they're only leftists because they need an audience and they think that's where they're going to go and get an audience because joy behar still needs to fill out whatever shitty comedy club she's performing at (laughs) and same thing with bill maher whatever dumpy theater he's at (laughs) they need to have an audience for it and that's what they that's what their strategy was was to politically frack and then they would get their audience it still doesn't make it uh right and so we see now with caitlin jenner just wait or just watch it happen. There's going to be a lot of people who are so offended constantly by all of the bigotry uh, that uh, the trans community has felt. And rightfully so all of a sudden, now that the shoe is on the other foot, they're going to be able to express a few of those thoughts they've had to themselves. And uh, that's just what's going to happen. And you have to be careful not to uh, think that that's acceptable because it still isn't, even though Caitlyn Jenner is someone that, uh, probably doesn't or most likely definitely doesn't align with them politically. That being said, there has been people for policy reasons uh, going against Caitlyn Jenner in the LGBTQ community. A lot of trans rights activists have said that she has not supported policies that would be pro trans for a forever. She has just simply not. Of course, let's not forget Donald Trump for no reason, 
No one wanted this to happen. It does not matter. If you are willing to serve in the United States military, hats off and thank you for your service. The trans ban on US, uh, in the U.S. military was such a, not even a dog whistle, it was a straight-up yell to bigotry. It was a straight-up yell to the religious right fanatics. It was just a straight-up, they're other. We can't even have them die for this country. Right. It was their illegal immigrants for 2020, basically. Exactly. Um, so, Caitlyn Jenner, I understand that pushback, but you just have to be careful uh, not to, uh, not to, not, not to, just not to allow yourself to go down a road where if, if the shoe was on the other foot, uh, you know, you would, you would hear what you're saying and think that it was wrong. I'm really, really excited that a trans person is able to run for office. I'm really excited sure. to see more trans men and trans women running for office. What I am not excited about is that it is Caitlyn Jenner, a reality TV star with no <laughs> previous experience in politics or public office yes. or in any form of public service. And that is the issue. And that is the issue we're having here. And, you know, it, it, it wouldn't matter if they were a green dotted, you know, a green weird alien, as long as they were born or, you know, yes. legally here in the U.S. and they could legally run for office. And I agreed with their politics. I'd be happy with that. You know, I'm just seeing a lot of the comp uh, the comparisons to Candace Owens. Right. And a lot of people being like, she's not really black. She's a black conservative. So she's and most of all of this stuff is coming from white people. And you just have to be very careful, again, not to, you know, the nice thing about the transgender community, the nice thing about the black community, the white community, all communities is we're, no one's a monolith. No group of people is a monolith. No one has a monopoly. No political party should have a monopoly on massive swaths of people. Exactly. You look at the Hispanic community, the Cubans, why is Florida red? Because of the Cuban vote. Sure. Oh, they yeah. switched Miami. I mean, Miami is still a blue area, but the Cubans out there are staunchly opposed to when Obama, for example, opened up a relationship with Castro. They remember what Castro did. Right. And they weren't thrilled with it. And there's a lot of, you know, pro-life, a lot oh, of Cubans oh, who are pro-life. So much pro-life. So much pro-life. So these are not monolithic groups. And I think we have to remember that. And I don't like when the Bill Mars of the world say like, Candace Owens, she's not really black because they said the same damn thing about that fantastic improv actor. Um, what was the name of the black fellow who was the improviser? Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady. <laughs> when when people would be like, "Oh, you're like you're Wayne Brady black," like Bill Maher used to say that all the time. Shut the fuck up. Wayne Brady is black. Caitlyn Jenner is trans, and Candace Owens is black. Yeah. So they they do live those experiences. So I just want to make sure that we don't um, take that away from them, regardless of the fact that Caitlyn Jenner is a sociopath murderer <laughs> who is a reality star that has no business being in the White House or in the in the governor's mansion exactly or the White House exactly that's where it's headed though that's how that's that's my worry next I mean again I would be so delighted to have a trans president but I would want that person to be knowledgeable aware and not have a, a Trump situation again where they're able to create all this energy create all this buzz which is what celebrities do right but the the thing is out with celebrities is there's usually a manager and a brand behind them to funnel that energy right okay you know this goes to a product in this case the in Trump's case the product was uh, violence and insurrection on a Capitol building <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner singing TikTok might just get her my vote
Oh, now that I think tick tock on the clock, it's the worst song ever. But you know what? And again, just trying to find the silver lining because no, go on. It's a Kesha song, it's an amazing song. I know Kesha was not happy, by the way. Pop History just did a Kesha episode. I love Kesha. I met Kesha in Brooklyn. She was super sweet. She was filming her reality show. I said, Kesha, I'm a huge fan. Can I get a picture? And she took a picture with me and she was super nice. I love Kesha. Always love Kesha. And fuck her manager. She deserves everything. She should get all the money that she makes. She's the star. Screw all of these money grubbing bastards who dip their disgusting, greedy hands in the in 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 the money that belongs to the performers that I pay for. <laughs> I love the performers. I hate the managers. I hope Kesha runs for office now. I yeah, just I think now it. you got the Kessel bump. Let me say this though, on a positive side, you, we look at transgender issues and we see again how. Um, divisive they have become mm-hmm. because politicians have decided to mm-hmm. make it a political wedge issue. Right. At the very least, you were going to have Republicans who maybe would never vote for someone who is transgender. Mm-hmm. Vote for Caitlyn Jenner. That's true. That's true. You are going to have some people who perhaps were pro uh, trans military ban who are uh, just see people as other and gross. Well, why would you do that? Whatever. Those, some of those people will be voting for a transgender woman. Right. And I think that's a good thing. Yes. Uh, and again, despite the fact that I believe everything about the campaign is wrong. Right. But there, I'm just trying to find that bright spot. And when we talk about you know, progress or just movement towards a future where people can just try to be together in one as one, which sounds very corny. And I think it's because John Lennon truly had a bad soul because he beat up his whole family. And that was our, that was like our moral compass for a while. So our con- our country had moral decay, perhaps, hmm. perhaps, but there is something about true, true progress when we can have black conservatives, black liberals, trans conservatives, trans liberals, when it becomes truly not just diversity in a, uh, in a physical sense, but in a political sense as well. And I think that's a really good thing. And I think we can have conversations then. And I I think that that could help out uh, our political system because right now binary politics are killing us. Oh yeah. And kind of like Chris Christie's situation, being a Republican in a blue state, you usually see in these blue states, the Republicans are usually a little more tame, a little more accepting. Um, That was certainly Gary Johnson's case in New Mexico. He was a Republican governor of a blue state. It was uh, Bill Weld's case in Massachusetts, a Republican governor of a blue state. You gotta, you know, uh, be a little more accepting. You can't go full Trump, I don't think, in a state like California. You know, but again, it's interesting and we'll see. I mean, again, when it comes to Newsom, he has not yet been recalled. Looks like he will. Caitlyn Jenner is the first name to throw her hat in the ring. Um, it's possible that somebody else will come in and, and, and have a Republican primary. You know, there's a lot of things that can still happen here. Uh, but I just think these stories are fascinating for so many reasons. And um, yeah, anyway, I think we just have to, we have to remember that in a sense, this is a sign that we're going in the right direction, that a trans lady can run for governor of New York, uh, governor of California, whether it be Republican or Democrat or independent or Green Party or Libertarian or whatever it might be. It's even more impressive, like you said, that in she's a running Republican. It's, it's almost more impressive. Sure. Now, will I vote for her? No. No. 
But I don't. I'm going to write myself in because I also read Gavin Newsom, and this is my plight. Oh. This is my plight. Anyway, as I mentioned, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum. There was recently a uh, some legislation passed. It was House Bill 1298. It passed in North Dakota, 27 to 20 in the state Senate, and 69 to 25 in the House. He chose this would basically protect. Bio, this is what the bill says. It says it will protect biological girls who train and work hard to excel in their chosen sport. All right. All of a sudden, these people care about uh, female sports, which I think is fun. <laughs> very ironic because they didn't seem to care before. If you look at the wealth gap between female athletes and male athletes, pay the female national soccer team quadruple the men. You want to? They you, win. You want to protect uh, kids' sports and women's sports? Ban guns. I'm sorry. Shut up. For <laughs> that. No, ban guns. Anywho. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what it means, but you know what? We'll wait until next week when there's a mass shooting at a sports uh, at a sports event, and then Fernando will seem like a god, and uh, we'll all bow down. Profit, yes, that's perfect. Anywho, so the governor in North Dakota uh, has vetoed this bill, and this is why he says in 2015 the state put forward some current rules. This is the North Dakota state rules when it comes to transgender students and uh, them participating in sports of not their biological sex. I think that's how you say that. Again, side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. Email me. We love to hear from transgender folks or uh, whatever. Yeah, just let us know. Let us know your thoughts and uh, and your stories because as I talked about when it comes to diversity, every single person is unique uh, despite the fact that we live in a world that tries to lump us all together because we're all special little angels in our own way. This is what the bill says or this is what the... Um, this is what the rule says. Any transgender student who is not taking hormone treatment related to gender transition may participate in a sex-separated inter- interscholastic contest in accordance with the sex assigned to him or her at her birth. A trans male, female to male, student who has undergone treatment with testosterone for gender transition may compete in a contest for boys but is no longer eligible to compete in a contest for girls, a trans female, male to female student being treated with testosterone suppression medication for gender transition transition may continue to compete in a contest for boys, but may not compete in a contest for girls until completing one calendar year of documented testosterone suppression treatment. Does this, this seems like it should handle the concerns of the biological, uh, just the, I guess I'm going to say the word superiority when it comes to sport and when it comes to overall, like, you know, muscle and things like that, that, that the uh, male body creates with all the testosterone. It seems like this is, this is a fine kind of compromise, but again, you know, hit me up or hit us up side stories, LPOTL at gmail.com. I'll get those here uh, for the top hat show. But what do you think, Fernando? I think it's a, you know, it's, that was the, this rule has been in place since November, 2015. And I think they were really trying to, uh, they were really trying to navigate a really, uh, you know, it's, it's a, the Suez Canal of, of an issue. <laughs> it you is. Know? It's a landmine yeah. because, you know, there's, again, because these politicians have forced it into a wedge issue as opposed to a human issue right. where it's like, we could all just come together and agree yeah. on this, right? Because right. it's totally not insane. There's money involved here, uh, and that's what, you know, when there's sports, there's a lot of money involved, and that's why the, these rules come into play. But this rule from November 2015 that Ben just read aloud, I think it's, it's it works, because it, it acknowledges that people 
that trans people exist and it doesn't bar them from participating in the sport of their, uh, you know, of their uh, identity. So after, you know, there, there's caveats. After a certain amount of time, uh, a trans male can then participate in with other males. After a certain amount of time, a trans female could then participate with other females. That's valid. You know, I, I, I think the science behind it, you know, adding, a, infusing, because we'll have to have science be, be used in this process. Yeah, that, that seems to be a, a, I don't know. As far I feel like that's going to be the best we can get when it comes to like rules right. and right. writing something down. Right. Because changing hearts through legislation is very difficult, if not impossible. Look no further than the, look no further than the sixty four sixty five Voting Rights Act and Civil Rights Act. It legislation doesn't change hearts. Right. It changes legislation. Right. Um, and that's really the best you can ask for. And that's what I think this rule does. But again, uh, we would love to hear from our trans listeners out there. Uh, according to Burgum, again, he is the governor of North Dakota. He says, we have every confidence that we will continue to ensure a level playing field for the more than 20, 27,000 students who participate in North Dakota high school sports. So uh, I just I feel like this is a fine compromise. And I'm happy that this man uh, vetoed needless legislation and if you are again anyone who is against big government anyone who is you know self-professed libertarian why the fuck is the government weighing in on any of this shit absolutely why is the government weighing in on high school support uh sports like this why is this i know north dakota they're struggling right now they're economically in in total despair they have 60 i think they have six hundred thousand people in their whole damn state north dakota has some work to do uh, look no further than what's happening with you know with some of the environmental issues going on. I, this just seems to me like lazy politicians. Oh sure, who are trying to just ew. Can you yeah. believe that? Let's go legislate it. It's like why don't you work on something that matters? And basically, if you're not putting money in people's pockets, then don't pass anything. Yeah, never underestimate the ability of Republican legislators to go big government when it comes to restricting the rights of people that they don't like. And that happens all the time. So this is uh, one of the most common sense things I've seen come out of North Dakota since Ben Kissel. Whoa, I was born in Fargo. Doctor said I had the biggest shoulders he ever saw, and my mother did not take any pain medication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send her a gift. Send her a gift. Yeah, send her a gift. I'm the gift. I was the gift. gift. Okay, never mind. Never mind. No, I'm just joking. Isn't that sad? I truly was the gift, though. You're the gift that keeps on giving, buddy. Uh, Well, I'll Venmo him two more grand. (laughs) He'll be happy. I told him, I said, you're never allowed to reject money from me. This is the only way I know how to show love. <laughs> it's valid. I, I mean, what did, what did, uh, what do I say at employee you're, meetings, Ben? You guys can tell me you love and support me, or you can just send me an extra 1K, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's impressive that your parents have Venmo. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You made them get it, didn't you? You know what? I uh, definitely encouraged it. All <laughs> right. Well, let's move on to uh, the last subject today, and obviously vitally important subject. Derek Chauvin, as we mentioned, found guilty. I do want to play the judge reading the sentence just because I think it's important to hear it. You Mm -hmm. know, again, this is really, this is the first in our lifetime uh, that a, that an officer has been charged and found guilty. And uh, I I just feel like it is an important step in the right direction. But again, we're going to talk about, is this, what does this mean? Do we take one step uh, forward and two steps back? We certainly have a history of doing that in this country. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count one, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four-person, juror number 19. 
Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury in the above entitled matter as to count two, third degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. Signed by jury four-person juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count three. We, the jury in the above entitled matter as to count three, second degree manslaughter, culpable negligence, creating an unreasonable risk, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April, 2021, at 1.45 p.m. All right, there it was. Derek Chauvin found guilty on all three charges. What we didn't play was uh, when the judge talked to each individual juror, and I thought that was really important to hear each juror say, yep, these are my words, that's what I believe. Uh, even the uh, subst- even the substitute juror, I forget what the official name is for them, if somebody would fall ill or can't be a juror any longer, uh, even she said that she would have gone guilty based on the evidence at the trial, as of course she was there watching everything as well. But I want to read to you the official statement that came from the Minneapolis Police Department. This was posted May 26, 2020. This is the official police statement that is supposed to describe what we all saw. So it says, this is the big headline, man dies, of course this man is George Floyd. Man dies after medical incident during police interaction. Man dies after medical incident during police interaction. That seems a little suspect, doesn't it? Uh, It goes on to say, May 25th, 2020, on Monday evening, shortly after 8 p.m., officers from the Minneapolis Police Department responded to the 3700 block of Chicago Avenue South on a report of a forgery in progress. Of course, that was the $20 bill uh, that uh, George Floyd attempted to cash at uh, at the Mart, and the person, the manager, said, well, call the police. Uh, The letter goes on here. Officers were advised that the suspect was sitting on top of a blue car and appeared to be under the under the influence. Uh, they go on to say two officers arrived and located the suspect, a male to believe in his believed to be in his 40s in his car. He was ordered to step from his car. After he got out, he physically resisted officers. Officers were able to get the suspect into handcuffs and noted he appeared to be suffering medical distress. Officers called for an ambulance. He was transported to Hennepin County Medical Center by ambulance where he died a short time later. Now, we know none of that. Is actually true. The letter goes on to say, at no time were weapons of any type used by anyone involved in this incident. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension has been called in to investigate this incident at the request of the Minneapolis Police Department. No officers were injured in the incident. Bounty warrant cams were on and activated during the incident. Uh, and that is basically it. So they say again that this was a man who was arrested for forgery, who died because of a drug overdose. No mention of nine and a half minutes of Derek Chauvin kneeling on this man's neck. No mention of the fact that he was not resisting arrest. No mention of the fact that three other officers watched as he was publicly executed. No mention of the fact that he died on the street, not in 
a hospital bed. So that is the original Minneapolis police report. You can find this. Just Google Minneapolis police. A man dies after medical incident during police interaction. It is disgusting. And if this doesn't call into question every single police uh, press release that you have ever read, I don't know what will. You tell me, what was there one accurate description of what happened that we saw in the nine and a half minute documented footage there's not one thing that this police report says that's right maybe the time yeah the headline that says man dies we do know that that's the one thing they got right they don't say much about how he died george was in his 40s so it is disgusting yeah it is disgusting that that is the minneapolis police press release and again everyone out here why are they upset why are they all on the streets I am totally against any riots. I'm against any looting. I'm against burning down property. Target, I understand, will be fine. But I am so much more against the police murdering citizens in public view or in private view, for that matter. So this just shows you how corrupt policing is when they describe the incident that we all saw as nothing more than a mundane another day of being a cop in Minneapolis or a cop at any other local uh, municipality across this country. So we look at someone like Derek Chauvin. Why could he look at the camera as people are like, bro, he's dying. Get off of him. What gave him that confidence to say, fuck you. I'm going to stay here and I'm going to kneel harder. I'm actually going to wiggle my re- my leg around because those are the press releases that he got. Right. Without the footage, if this was five years ago, seven years ago, 10 years ago, He's just on the job still. Right. Oh, sure. This is the report that they gave. They would probably give him a freaking medal of honor for working with the guy who was dying. It just goes to show how many weren't taped. Exactly. You know, uh, someone made a great point on the Internet that Shelvin's like the only the sixth officer to ever get tried and convicted and sent to jail for murdering someone in the line of duty. How many uh, just again, like you said, are still on the force or got moved to another force. I know in Ohio, the Cleveland, Ohio, they had the the Tamir Rice shooting. Yes. That officer is now just working on the Ohio River. He switched water coasts in Ohio and still has a job. Wow. It's infuriating. And of course, we had what happened in Columbus. And then, right. of course, we also happened what we saw what happened with Dante Wright with Kim Potter, who now is being protected by, I believe it's $9,000 worth of fencing that's around her home uh, because uh, people are upset and they're protesting outside of her house. It is just fascinating to me to live to this was this is and you know again this is i'm gonna say the p word which is privilege of being a dude from wisconsin white fella big man uh this is the first time where we've seen footage that completely counter or at the very least in this cut and dry in this cut and dry way, we saw what happened with, you know, um, w- with King and and all of the early right, 90s, right. all of the horrible things that we saw the police do. And then they were, of course, found not guilty. But this is like next. This is now 2.0 version. So we really see the footage. It's very clear. Everyone has cameras. And that nine and a half minutes of watching Derek Chauvin die, the juxtaposition of that that I saw with my eyes and heard with my ears And then what I just read, the Minneapolis Police Department's version of events, if that doesn't expose to y'all like how corrupt these people are, uh, I don't know what either you know that they're corrupt and you're willfully going along with it 
because you think the powers that be need to stay there because in some bizarro world, you think that they'll protect you. I promise you they won't. You'll be if they cuff you, you're cuffed too. you're just another perp. It is just phenomenal, fascinating and sad to see this is the response. And without the footage, that would have just been the response. And Chauvin's family, they would have been like they killed him and they would have just been seen as quite honestly. Oh, that's just another crazy, angry black woman. She's sad that her kid died which is a fetish in this country that I also think is very unnerving as these news cameras go down. And if you're crying and you look, you know, they take advantage of, uh, of uh, victims in more ways than we can ever really fully understand as well, because the fetishization of like the black mother who was crying because her son was killed or daughter was killed has almost become mainstream. It's clickbait now. It's clickbait now. And it's sad because it should jar you. It should shake you open every single time. You should be shook when you see these things. But now it's just 5 p.m. on the news. And coming up next, can you believe Tom Brady's career can drink? He's been in the league for 21 years. Like these things, you know, because you go from ESPN to Fox or MSNBC or CNN, whatever, all these shit networks. And these things just began to sort of almost be seen as lateral as like, yeah, well, there's the football game. Ah, another black woman's crying because her son was dead by the police. Hey, Shark Tank's on. Oh. And it's, uh, it, it's really dangerous and it has a numbing effect. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen Gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. You know, before we stray too far, um, there's a reason why police are really anti-body cams. There's a reason for it. And it's because they're hiding things like this. You know, uh, there's there's a police unions have uh, very lobbied uh, like adamantly to stop police. Well, body. and you know what's interesting about that now in the Dante Wright shooting, that sort of has flipped, right? Because the police released that body cam footage immediately, where she says, "Oh no, that's a gun!" Right? Something you probably want to know before you fire the weapon. Yeesh. Which I still don't fully understand how you confuse those two things, but anyway. So now they can all. This is my pushback on that. If I if I was talking to police officers, they'd be like, "Hey, man, it can also get you out. It can also get you out of trouble if it if it proves that whatever happened um, was either incidental or you were a victim in some ways." Now, Kim Potter. I'm sorry. You can't make mistakes like that. No. But we will see what happens in that case. I don't know if it'll get through a grand jury. Um, hopefully. It, I mean, we just have to have the there needs to be repercussions for the actions of people who end other people's lives 
I think that's, I thought that was the whole law and order thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I watched the, um, obviously the Chauvin trial and, and our buddy Cena John has made a great point about this too. Cause it was fascinating to watch the trial, realize how evidence works, realize how you have to create like just a, a, a stone cold case. Really? Right. I mean, the defense attorney for Derek Chauvin was trying to blur the lines, right? Because you need to have, be absolutely sure that this man actually and all him. he needed was one. Right. right. So Cena John's point is that, you know, the plumbing in our, in our, justice system does work it's often the plumbers and and you see this right here with this minneapolis police press release on the whole thing they try to muddy the waters and then by doing so they end up clogging the plumbing that should work just fine well and of course uh, when it comes to plumbing uh, they continue to mess it up as we're seeing with the again nestle aquifer and what happened in detroit uh, stop stop privatizing everything when it comes to uh, what i believe are public goods and uh Basically, utilities. Water right. should be a utility. Right. Water is not a right. Uh, water should be an absolute freaking right. So before we get to Kyle Rittenhouse and some of the people that are supporting him and financially backing him, when I talked about fetishizing Black Death, no political party is uh, is um, not guilty. Right. Nancy Pelosi probably again just I hate I don't like her. Uh, she is the I believe she's married to the wealthiest man in California if not the second wealthiest. Her nephew is Gavin Newsom. She's about as corrupt as you can possibly get. She's a big corporate-backed psychopath who has zero interest in actually creating policy that help anyone in this country. This is what she had to say, and I just found it to be disgusting. So she says, um, in a speech, she thanked George Floyd for, quote, sacrificing his life for justice. George Floyd wants to be alive right now. George Floyd didn't sacrifice his life for justice. George Floyd should still be alive. This is what she had to say. She says, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How heartbreaking was that? Call out to your mom. I can't breathe. Disconnected psycho blabber coming from a psychopath that is Nancy Pelosi. She thanked him for calling out to his mom. So the video was better? You know, Do you think he's fucking acting? Do you think, like, that's how disconnected these people are from reality. Where they, like, did, did we need a blood sacrifice? Is that what we needed to have criminal justice reform? We needed a blood sacrifice? You know, she's trying to, like, feign empathy. Because an empathetic person would have been, you know, George Floyd, your death was not in vain. That's what an sure. empathetic person would have sure. said. You know, it's, it's, it's dark. It's, what I said is dark, but it's realistic. Your death was not in vain. We got up. An officer was charged. The change is happening because of what they did to you. But there's no empathy in what you say. You None. sacrificed your life for my political gain. Right. Exactly. And you called out to your mom just right on cue. So it was so sad Good when you did that. It's just disgusting. And that is why I think that these politicians, you know, help people and then sit on your hands. Stop doing stuff and stop talking. Nancy Pelosi, she did nothing to help the conversation. You look at Maxine Waters as well. There, She was in Minneapolis the day before the trial. Just stay the fuck out of it. Just stay. Politicians need to stay out of these things right now. Because learn. Every, every politician is always like, people need to learn. 
You need to learn. Right. Shut up. Shut up and listen to the people. Maxine Waters, I know that you're an African-American woman. You live in the wealthiest neighborhood in California. You are so disconnected. You've been in office for so long. I understand that you I understand that you grew up as a black woman in very trying times. Hats off to you. Kudos. And at some point, you have to realize that you are no longer the person that you were. And now you are an elite. And by definition, you don't know. You just don't know what they're going through. I don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're going through. Listen. That's it. Stop just grabbing a microphone and trying to make a soundbite for your next political campaign. It's the same thing with Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang went to a defund the police rally. And it's like, bro, there's no political winning because you know if you're mayor, you can't defund the police. That's number one. And number two, they don't want to see your ass. Get out of here. This is about the people. Politicians don't need to grab a mic all the damn time. Shut up. Be there. Sure, be there. Support. Yeah. Shut the fuck up and listen to people. I would agree, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, the congresswoman standing right behind Nancy Pelosi in this article the Washington Post is my congresswoman, uh, Joyce Beatty, and she was in Minneapolis the day uh, of, the tri- of, of the Chauvin verdict, and she was wearing a mask that had her own name on it, and then what happened just an hour after we found out about Chauvin, uh, a little girl, 16 year- years old, got shot by the Columbus police, in Joyce Beatty's own district. So it just goes to show right. you go one place to get on camera and wear a mask with your name on it. And you still got a lot of shit happening in your own house. Absolutely. And these things must be addressed. This is an area where I'm happy that Merrick Garland, of course, the attorney general now, he, I think he should believe he should be on the Supreme Court. I like Merrick Garland. I'm happy that he's opening it up in a federal investigation into the Minneapolis Police Department. Apparently, the head of the Minneapolis Police Department is a true white supremacist. Right. Evidently, he's like bred. He's, he brags about it. Um, his his uh, views. So I have no problem with the federal government going in and looking at what the hell is happening in Minneapolis. They're the only ones that can do it. Right. We can't do it. They don't let us do it. There was, I mean, even the EMT that was crying on the stand in the Chauvin trial as she saw George Floyd dying feels so much regret and remorse because she didn't stop Chauvin. But we know why she didn't, because if she did, she would be on trial and Chauvin would be testifying against her. If any one of those people with with the cameras would have done anything to those officers, they would have been detained and arrested and looking at significant prison time. That's what happened to the guy who taped Eric Garner's death. Absolutely. And he didn't even do anything physically, just taped the death. Anyway, so when it comes to what's going to happen next, steps in the right direction. And I want to talk to Fernando because I know you have a lot of thoughts on what's going to happen with George Floyd or with Derek Chauvin, rather, the man who murdered George Floyd. What's his life going to be like in prison? The one thing that I think is another positive, another positive. I'm going to be positive here. The three other ex Minneapolis officers are now being charged. They will be tried together. Uh, talk about not being heroes. Uh, right. That is uh, Tao Tao, J. Alexander Kang, and Thomas Lang. They were all fired. Uh, Tao, specifically aggressive, specifically offensive, talking about this is what drugs do to you. I'm like, no, that's what a knee does to the back of your neck. Drugs make you dance to bad music. This is ridiculous. So I am very happy to see that these three have now been charges. Uh, These three have now been charged. The three officers are charged with aiding and abetting unintentional second-degree murder and aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter charges that carry up to 40 years 
in prison. Right now, the men are free on $750,000 bail, and it would be fascinating to see uh, who is giving them money for that. But again, they have a right to a trial, um, and I want to see them go on trial. They need to be held accountable. All it takes, everyone always talks about, where are the good cops? This is just a few bad apples, but it is much more systemic than that. As a matter of fact, according to the Prison Policy Initiative, the U.S. by far kills more civilians than any other country, any other wealthy country. Uh, For example, when it comes to deaths per law enforcement per 10 million people, it is important to remember that, you know, it is, it's far too common, but it is still somewhat rare. Um, but it is much less rare for certain uh, communities, the disproportionate deaths of uh, poor communities and black and brown communities is astronomical. Cops kill civilians of all ilk. They kill white people too. But if you look at the disproportional data, you see where they're really doing, I'm going to say the word hunting, for lack of a better word. That's what they're doing. So the U.S. police, uh, they kill more civilians at a much higher rate than police in other wealthy countries. Per 10 million, the United States is at 33.5 people. The next largest country is Canada at 9.8, Australia 8.5. If you look at the numbers annually for uh, wealthy countries, U.S. police kill 1,099 per year. 1,099 people per year. Canada, the next closest country, 36 Wow. Do you think that Canadians and Americans are that different? No. No. Except so for what's a going on? Cold. Well, I mean, they're a little lamer and they like bad food. But what's so what's the difference? What's the systemic problems? That's the difference. Absolutely. There's no difference between Canadians, Americans. Uh, you know, Mexico, we have a cultural difference a little bit with language and things like that. But specifically Canada and America. What is the difference? Oh, it must be something in the policy. Absolutely. 36 to 1,099. It is unbelievable. So when it comes to the idea that, oh, this is a few bad apples, the whole orchard is is rotten. That's the whole a great orchard way to put it. Let me tell you about uh, bad apples, or not bad apples, just if you are a police officer and you you do these things, you are a bad cop. If you are a partner to a police officer that does these things and you don't report him, you are in fact a bad cop. If this, now, if, if, if what happened to Derek Chauvin makes you want to quit your job as a police officer, please do because you are a bad cop. You are a bad police officer. That is not, we don't want a police officer where, a, 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 you know, a, Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd. It has been proven. Yep. He, he's guilty. You can it. say that. He's he, a murderer. Yeah, that's, he's a murderer. If that bothers you, if that verdict bothers you, then you should not be in public office. I have to say this. It's that simple. My concern with that is who is left? Nah. Well, what I would say is when it comes to the police unions, there needs to be a um, the blue wall of silence. Ugh. It's very real. We need to stop putting... Um, Oh, my goodness. The the term snitches get stitches is often used. People think it's like a prisoner term. No. It's really more of a police term. Right. I remember. Because right now, if you snitch, which is obviously a sort of negative incantation of uh, of telling the truth, mm-hmm. 
you're you're demoted. Your 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 locker is gonna be you're gonna be razzed. I mean, you don't really have any place to go. If you turn on the company, the company is going to turn on you and make your life a living hell. That needs to change. That's what I, I just saw this week, uh, that the female officer in Buffalo, who a few years ago actually stepped in mm-hmm. and removed, um, you know, stopped a, a fellow officer from choking someone. She didn't get even fired. She just got her settlement. She was reprimanded for years. For and it years. wasn't until very recently all that she's that, getting, you know, all the reparations for what so happened for to her. doing what most people would say is the right thing to do. Absolutely. And they're the only ones that can, because again, if any of those people try to save George Floyd's life, they're looking at 20 years in prison. So the system is so set up to so disenfranchise these people. It is ridiculous and it needs to change. And that is one area that, that I am happy to see Merrick Garland taking on these police unions need to be took take on took on head on because what they are allowing to happen is absolutely unconstitutional and straight up murder. You know, I want to talk a little bit about the the snitches thing you brought up. When uh, to me the the definition especially and I've heard this from, you know, people who live that life, you know, the not the police officers but the other end of the spectrum sure. of that. Snitches is when you and someone else are committing a crime together where you're both involved and then you turn on the person. Sure, that prisoner's is a dilemma. Yeah. yeah, that is a snitch. But if you are just hanging out and someone commits a crime in front of you, you're a witness. That's not a snitch. Interesting. You know, that, you sure. know, and so if, if you're a cop and your partner commits a crime, you witnessed your partner commit a crime, you report that crime. But if you don't, if you don't report it and you continue to aid and abed your partner, who may be a police officer doing this, then that that is the snitch, you see? And that's that's the biggest thing, right? You know, oh, and the Chauvin trial was unique because they actually did have other officers coming in to testify against Chauvin, which, again, in any other case or instance where we would even get to that point, yeah, most the, of these police wouldn't show up. The one juror that they did an interview said that uh, Dr. Tobin was really just a crucial witness for them and then yes having the having other officers tell the truth with such a breath of fresh air which is so sad it's because so sad. you would the think they'd be so doing the bar is so freaking low and this is why rhetoric does matter when it comes to trump uh you know talking about ah, rough them up a little bit don't don't hold their heads when you put them in the back of the squad <laughs> car right. all this bullshit that i kind of gloss over i'm like oh, this seems ridiculous they were glomming on to you know, police departments, right. police officers were glomming onto it. And they really did have a free pass to fuck people up for the four years. And they weren't, they were, and it wasn't like they weren't doing that the four, four years previous, eight years previous, and so on and so forth. This is why Derek Chauvin could look at people filming him and not stop. He looked at people in their eyes as he was killing this man. And they're all like, you're killing him. And he didn't stop. Right. right. A little smirk. Because his attitude his little is, sm- what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because they... We're being told for a long time by their childish leader that that's how you act because that's what makes you a tough man. And I'll tell you one thing. We need to recalibrate what is what makes a tough guy in this country because it is not killing people. I'll tell you fucking that much. It's not hiding behind a badge like a bitch. That is not a man. That's not what a man does. And, you know, that's what's scary to me because what does this mean for the future? What does this mean? Derek Chauvin, I think, 
knew that he was going to be protected. He thought? Him, he thought. Again, this whole thing is a shock. you're right, yeah, though. He, he knew at the time. This yeah. is whole... And that this, was the press release. Yeah, that's, he's right. shocked. He's shocked that this is happening. And that's why... What does the future mean? I personally think that he is going to be turned into a martyr. I think that, uh, yes, he's still a police officer, and everyone in jail was put in there by a police officer. I get that. But he is still, in the eyes of, like, People like the Aryan Brotherhood in the eyes of, sure. you know, of the, you know, people saying that no matter what, as we talked, Fernando and I were talking about this, cops don't do well in jail. So even the Aryan Brotherhood were arrested by cops. So I don't know. I <laughs> right. feel like he might be uh, a man on an island of his own. But sure, he also might make friends with <laughs> I don't know. People have to do interesting things in prison. I, I mean, understand it's broken up by race and prison's a whole nother a whole nother thing. Each. But you mentioned that. Will he be a martyr? And that goes in perfectly when it comes to what we found out with a data breach regarding Kyle God. Rittenhouse. Oof. So this is a data breach at a... This is so gross to me. This is a Christian crowdfunding website. <laughs> Stop using the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for your big... To, to, to cover up your horrible policy, politics. Jesus hated taxes and loved prostitutes and, and bringing didn't down partic- the, Also didn't particularly care for public execution. Yeah, any of that. Not a fan. <laughs> Don't. I have a feeling Chauvin is a little bit less like Jesus than Floyd. Mm-hmm. And Rittenhouse, you tell me what he did that was Christ-like. Again, listen to Johnny Cash. Don't bring your guns to town, son, because it's not going to work out for you. So we're finding out who dedic- or who donated money to Kyle Rittenhouse. And believe it or not, he raised $586,000. Oh, the man killed two people and got over half a million dollars for his troubles. We're so seeing- who's supporting that? Uh, evidently, there was a donation made by Sergeant William Kelly. Uh, there was, and a, not just a donation. I believe it was for twenty-five bucks. But again, twenty-five bucks, thousands of times over, goes a long way. That's why we're calling this systemic problems. Sergeant William Kelly. This is what he said on a little note. He said, "God bless. Thank you for your courage. Keep your head up. You've done nothing wrong. You went to a town center with an AR-15 and shot and killed two people. You like the whole argument of like it was self-defense." He put himself in that position. He knew exactly what he was doing. He brought a gun. He brought a gun. And as we talked about during when this story broke, many, I think I was talking with Morningstar on that, Travis Morningstar. He was, since he was 14 years old, Donald Trump was in power. He didn't actually know that there was another president before. And Donald Trump is out here advocating right. with the with the Roger Stone being his uh, being his mouthpiece, exaggerating the message. He, that's all he listened. He was sheep dipped, brainwashed. He really thought he was doing what was right. And then, of course, we see the follow up to this double murderer being support by a bunch of people who have a badge and a bunch of people who have power. This other. So this dude, he goes on to say, and again, I'm talking about Sergeant William Kelly, who donated to Kyle Rittenhouse. He says every rank and file police officer supports you. Don't be discouraged by actions of the political class of law enforcement leadership. Donations also came to Rittenhouse Associates, uh, uh, Keith Silvers, uh, a uh, a uh, employee of the city of Huntsville, Alabama. He gave him a hundred bucks. There was a lot of people who gave a lot of money uh, to this man for murdering two people. So, and let's not forget what sparked that was 
the murder of Jacob Blake. Right. Absolutely. Which so. is why people were protesting and rioting uh, in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Also, it wasn't just individual officers. There were actually 32 people who got together. Uh, it totaled, and they totaled more than $5,000 in donations. The name of the fund was the Rustin Shesky Fund. Mm. Uh, it was held for the Kenosha. It was held for the Kenosha Police Department officer whose shooting of a black man, Jacob Blake, led to protests that drew Rittenhouse to the city. So they actually are supporting these people who are committing these crimes, and it's just so unbelievably nefarious. There are more uh, anonymous donations on the site. Uh, you can look through the people who, who are supporting this man. Many of them are, uh, are officers, and it's really, really disgusting. One donation was for $400. Uh, the, email link was, uh, the email was linked to Chris Anderson and carried the comment, I think that Chief Asafato is part of the unrecognized form of police corruption that Chris Anderson wrote about in his book, Hang In There, Guys. I have no idea what Anderson's book is. Apparently, it's called The Sniper, Hunting of a Serial Killer. Um, but nonetheless, it is just, it's amazing to me to see people donating to someone like Kyle Rittenhouse. I mean, we're going to um, see. Because they support what he did. I just don't, I, it's just phenomenal to me. We're going to see Derek Chauvin, uh, his, you know, jail books are going to rise too because sure. people are going to, there's a lot of people that are going to donate to him, you know, and yeah. that's uh, Anderson. The man who wrote that book describes himself as a 39 vet, 39 year old veteran or 39 year veteran rather of the Houston police department. He was on SWAT teams and uh, worked in internal affairs. So these people are, uh, again, the, the bad, there's a few bad apples. The whole orchard is, is, is it's, it's all rotten and we just have to uh, fix it. And um, the only way that we're going to start doing that is, number one, by incarcerating corrupt cops. And number two, as we talked about before the show as well, when it comes to these settlements, you know, the George Floyd family, I think they got 27 million bucks. Honestly, the, I'm a taxpayer. I shouldn't, the taxpayer shouldn't be paying that. That needs to be police unions right? where you got to hit them in the pocketbook. And you gotta you gotta send a message. Be like, if you do this, if you participate in this in these acts of violence, you are, for all intents and purposes, ending your own life. Right, personally, financially responsible. Personally, financially responsible. And then you know, if you are the perpetrator, your freedom's at stake. So if you are one of the good cops, and you realize if you see a bad cop doing something that could lead to a large settlement, that's coming out of your pension. Maybe they'll pipe up a little bit. That's, that's the, I mean, that's financially and freedom, fi finances and freedom. That's, that's the it. only way to get them. That's truly because it. they ain't changing. Right. Oh, it's very systemic. I mean, all the way up to the, the top ranks of the military. You look at someone like uh, Chelsea Manning, who just leaked on the fact that we are illegally killing journalists in Iraq. And, and look what happened to her. So it, it happens from federal to state to local. And uh, I think it really the, does. the only the only thing I think that I could take away, you know, is watching the Dante Wright funeral coverage. And obviously everyone was already in Minneapolis for the, the Chauvin trial. And um, there are a lot of civil rights leaders who at least feel that we are turning a page. And again, it's a low bar, but it, we are turning a page. And I think Fernando brings up a really healthy point and a scary point, though, when it comes to martyrdom. Do they double down? Right. And each election cycle, it's, we get a different referendum and a different set of rules. And so you do wonder if some of these police heads, police union heads are just like, wait it out, wait it out. We'll yes. have Haley. We'll have Christie. We'll have Trump. We'll have somebody in 2024. I promise oh, you. No. 
This is a issue pardons for Kyle Rittenhouse and Derek Chauvin. That would be disgusting. Which would mean the Democrats, again, would have one option, which is voting for another prosecutor in Kamala Harris. (laughs) You know, it is what it is. Uh, That is for sure. But anyway, just again, there is nothing more indicative of the unbelievable corruption that we are dealing with than the release that the Minneapolis, the press release, the Minneapolis uh, police department originally released, combine that with the footage. And now thank God the guilty plea and uh, the other officers involved. Sorry. You know, you're not a hero. You had one job to do that day. You had one. You're the only three people that could have done it. The only three. And you chose not to. So I'm sorry. It's just uh, that is what it is. Uh, Speaking of language, uh, Joe Biden and his administration, they have stopped using the word illegal alien to describe immigrants, which I think is fantastic. They're calling them non-citizens, whatever. I mean, how small is your worldview to think someone from Mexico is an alien? (laughs) Like, that's insane. However, that being said, we need to make sure the rhetoric matches the actions. Mm -hmm. I just read an article about uh, about a couple who just had their land seized which is a whole nother thing. I believe that's the Fifth Amendment, correct? Illegal siege and search. That's Fourth, and fourth, fourth Amendment, Amendment. But then there's search another. Search and seizure. The search and seizure. And then there's, I forget the land. Uh, there's sort of a land use uh, thing in the Constitution as well. But this is a carve out that the federal government allows for national security reasons. So this couple, basically the long story is they didn't like Biden because they didn't think he was going to build a wall. So they voted for Trump. And the Biden administration just seized a shitload of their land to build a wall. So it's great there that you you're not calling them aliens anymore. But we also need to see what is actually happening on the southern border. And uh, it's disgusting how uh, little the corporate mainstream media is covering it. Uh, because, again, it's against their political agenda. And it's not anyway. So, yes, good, good use of a verbiage change. But now let's get DACA uh, back up and stronger than ever. Let's get a pathway to citizenship. Let's figure this out. We let's go address the issues that are happening in some of the countries that are being fled Mm -hmm. uh, from like Honduras. You also have the situation with, you know, drug dealers. The border is chaotic because you do have drug dealers using kids as distractions. That's true. You also have families desperate in need who are fleeing war-torn countries. And then you also have, you know, you have, there's so many different things at play there. So it's very complex, but we got to figure it out because we can't just keep on housing kids indefinitely. No. And we need a pathway for them and we need a system set up. And I'm telling you, I drove across country again, as I've said a thousand times, this place is not full. So many great, great places to live. Come, come to America. Pay ta- they pay taxes too. I'm so for it. If they're paying taxes, I'm so for. I'm so pro immigration. I'm so for. Uh, you know, change it to expats. What they call them in like Africa and stuff. Oh, from other countries, right? They call them. You know, speaking speaking of Africa, South Africa specifically, people are kind of dumb. On people are kind of dumb. Elon Musk can't run for president. He's not an American. I just want to make, make sure that everybody knows. Yeah. Like Elon Musk can't run for president. Right, he, he can't. He's not. So they tried to do that with Schwarzenegger too. They were like, change the nationalization laws so you, he can run. I don't even. They could change the nationalization laws if you wanted to become a U.S. citizen. I guess 
Is he? A, he's not a U.S. citizen. I don't know. Arnold Schwarzenegger that. is. Arnie is. Arnie is. I don't know about Elon, but uh, yeah. Either way, he the, can't run for president. The Constitution so. says you have to so be don't, born uh, in the United States or on U.S. soil. So don't uh, worry about that. If you're worried about it, or don't be too excited. If you're excited about it, I don't know. Or if you're Ted Cruz, go back to Canada. John Boehner hates <laughs> Honestly, your guts. Honestly, go back to Canada. Ted Cruz was born in Canada. He was born in Canada. That's true. Interesting. Mm, it's interesting how it all works. Now. Interesting. Well, and again, that's that's so funny when it comes to the duality you look at the story with kodak black who was pardoned by donald trump he was just shot at and his security guard was just injured if that right. was a democrat who pardoned him that would be a willie horton ad all over again oh my god they'd be eating that up on the news so always be aware that you are being manipulated when you watch those things and uh, just you know when we, we when we were kids you had to draw where are you in the circle and you know where i drew myself outside of it <gasps> oh wow i drew myself outside my teacher said i was extra Oh. She didn't say that, <laughs> but she, you saw it in her eyes. Yeah. She was like, Oh, that's typical Ben. He sees himself. And I'm like, I'm just tall. I know how you people organize. <laughs> yeah. Was she saying extra like mentally or physically you were extra? Uh, both, All both. Right. But you know, I know how people organize cause I have been seeing it from a helicopter view my whole life. I'm always in the back watching how people do what they do. Mm. Weird little ants. <laughs> Y'all are weird ants. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. The road continues. We will go down it together. And again, we do have some bright spots. I think there are some bright spots. We just keep on going. And uh, yeah. All right, everyone. We'll be safe out there. Hope everyone's doing all right. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost.